1: Hey, guys, it's Mike James in for Kim Commando. Kim is a little bit under the weather, but we'll be back soon. Meanwhile, it's weird to think of this in such literal terms, but it's worth noting and saying because it really does put things into perspective. We're living in a time where the majority of our communication on a day-to-day basis is done by flicking your fingers on a big glass screen in front of you. Of course, it's the Internet, which is doing the actual connecting. And if you thought we weren't already addicted to those little glass screens, well, there's a lot more where that came from for the Internet of Things. Forecasters are saying we'll have nearly 21 billion connected devices by next year. We're going to tell you exactly what to expect and how to keep yourself safe in a world made for hackers. This is Commando On Demand, where we talk to the industry movers and shakers to keep you up to date on everything digital. You can listen to new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. And on this episode, well, let me tell you, we're worried about security breaches and hackers now, as we should be. But just imagine if someone can start controlling your watch or any other seemingly small, innocent-looking device you own. You tick off a neighbor and they hack into your ice maker to start pelting crushed ice all over your hardwood floors. Of course, that would probably be the least of your worries. So I know you're probably wondering, as I am, what's the worst thing that could happen and what do we need to be aware of? We're going to get to all of that with our guest, Stephen Tepler. He's going to join us in just a moment. Stephen's going to tell us about the Internet of Things, along with the vulnerabilities it brings, and just how far you'll have to go to stay safe. We'll hear a stunning insight into the future and how to prepare for it in just a few. But right now, we'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsors at Indeed.com, who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible.
2: When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. You need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed.com for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed so the official commando
1: attorney or cyber lawyer steven tepler is with us first of all steven thank you so much for taking the time
0: Oh, you're quite welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike.
1: We're looking kind of forward right now into the future of uh, digital devices, I think specifically the Internet of Things that are in our house, in our home. And we want to talk with you a little bit more about how things are getting more vocal. So everything is getting a voice, it seems like. And where does that take us, Stephen, as far as uh, privacy and that sort of thing?
0: Well, Mike, there are lots of things on the horizon when it comes to privacy. We um, we are looking at a huge number of devices that will record what we do, monitor what we do, and develop an intelligence about dealing with us um, in our everyday lives, in our everyday functions. But the price that we pay for this is that the devices and the companies that manage these devices are gathering huge amounts of information about every aspect of our life. So if you have a, um, an Alexa at home and you're basically using the Alexa to do everything from um, cooking to surveillance of your house when you're not around to opening your garage to setting your um, your Nest devices to watching your, um, your your media, whatever your media might be, you're really feeding the beast you're feeding the you know the the ad targeting uh, monetizing aggregating big data beast and uh, some people are comfortable with that some people don't care until they realize that every aspect of their lives as it touches anything digital is being recorded and used in some way and coming up there is a um, there is a law in california which will, if in its present form, be um, become effective, and so far that is going to happen uh, on January 1 of 2020, the manufacturers, the, the purveyors, the sellers of these devices are going to have to give you the option of not providing your personal information to them and not using your information for any way that you do not um, agree to and you can agree not to have them use it at all and still provide you the service and right. by this I mean l- let me simplify this by saying that Samsung you run a Samsung TV, a wall monitor and there's something called the Samsung Smart Hub which provides access to Roku and Hulu and Netflix and Prime and some other um, some web based um, web-based media streamers And in order to use them, you have to agree to Amazon, to excuse me, to uh, Samsung's terms of service. Mm -hmm. And the terms of service permits Samsung to use the information about your viewing habits. And without consenting, you can't use the smart hub. You now would have to have, you know, your five remotes being able to use your Apple TV, your Roku, your Hulu, whatever it is. And so this new law. Called the California Consumer Privacy Act of twenty nineteen, is uh, twenty eighteen rather is designed to um, to counter that.
1: Do you see people digging in their like Samsung digging in their heels as far as not of not wanting to do this, or do you think I think this happened in Europe too in late twenty eighteen? But do you see the consumers just what we've always done as consumers, just saying yes and on we go?
0: That's an interesting question because. If you had asked me this five years ago, I would have said, no, nobody cares. What's happening today is that as a result of the massive data breaches and the use, the non-consensual use of, um, of people's information, such as what's happened um, in what's being alleged in the Facebook actions, that massive action, Um that's now pending in California. People have become a lot more sensitized. People are being sensitized that children's information is being used. That your um, that information about your dating preferences, your online um, your online social activities are being monitored used, monitored and used. But not only yours, but whoever your contact is in within that social media sphere, within that social network sphere. And so people have become – not only have people become a little bit more sensitized to that, but you're finding that legislators in Congress are also becoming sensitized to that as well. Now, where Congress is in terms of its technology sophistication um, is uh, questionable, and typically uh, based on the questions that you're hearing in testimony when the tech titans come in to talk about what they're doing – uh, the questions range from insightful to, um, I would say, kindergarten about technology. And, but I think that the, that the trend is to an increased focus on privacy and use of information. And I think you're going to see that roll forward.
1: Okay, so we've got much more. we got to take a little break here to hear from one of our sponsors, but uh, we'll be back. Number one, I want to hear if you have this Internet of Things in your house, because obviously you've been behind the curtain. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about ransomware and some new things that are happening with ransomware, and much more. We'll be back in just a moment. It's
2: 2019, and technology has grown leaps and bounds since 1999. So. Why are you still using that old, outdated software? Find software that fits your business's needs using Capterra.com. I get asked all the time for different recommendations, and I refer people to Capterra.com. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter your business needs, Capterra makes it easy to discover the right solution, fast. Join the millions of people who use Capterra each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit Capterra.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Once again, that address is Capterra.com slash Kim. Let me spell it for you. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim.
1: We're talking with Stephen Tepler, the official uh, cyber attorney of the Kim Commando show, and just an expert in Internet of Things. And Stephen, before we went to the break there, I got to know, do you have an Alexa or smart device in your home that could be tracking you?
0: Um, I think you heard my laugh. Uh-huh. Um, the answer is minimally, yes. OK. Um, so the... so l- I guess the the issue is one of trade-off, all right? What are you trading and what are you trading off? What are you getting for the trade-off? Right. Right now, I do not have an Alexa in the house. I will not have an Alexa in the house. It's always listening. I mm-hmm. really don't care to have it listen. Mm-hmm. I don't need – I can get out of my easy chair and turn on a light all by myself. <laughs> um, I can cook by myself. I can turn on my washing machine and dryer by myself. Uh-huh. I do use a remote for my – for my TV, it is a universal remote. Um, I have a, I have a Logitech, um, I believe it's a Harmony Hub, yeah, which is supposed to be a you know a universal um, remote for all of my devices that I can turn on and off at will from wherever I am. I don't use it. But I use it as an example when I present to say that you know I can turn on Metallica or ACDC at four o'clock in the morning and scare the you know what out of my wife while I'm out of town. <laughs> um, how useful is that? Um, but that but that's not where it ends for me. Um, I do use a um, a remote garage door opener because the trade-off for me is that. Um, if you are in any way compulsive about, did I leave the lights on, did I turn off the stove, did I whatever, Um, knowing that your garage door is closed is very, very important, or you just want to make sure. So, Sure. um, So I do that, but people have to understand that when you open that garage door, the garage door, you're not opening it with your smartphone. You're opening it, you are actually sending a message to the management console at the Purveyor at the seller of the device, who will then send a message to the garage door to open or shut. Um, does this provide? Does this provide or offer a security vulnerability? Sure. If the device itself is badly designed, or if the um, or if the web server, the web management server, is um, is somehow hacked, um, then there could be a problem. Um, you know, will they open my? Garage door. Um, they may not. They may. But um, if you can abstract that out a little bit and say, well, you know, let's find out all those remote garage doors that are closed or and ha- or that are open or that are open in a very very high net worth zip code. And if right. we can aggregate that information, maybe we can we can rob or, or burgle them. Um, if we can find out the same thing with utility sensors. If we can find out where utilities are used least during a weekend, and we can find a very, very rich demographic, maybe we can target them. Um, So there are always trade-offs for these things. Um, And I have to tell you that my garage door opener system requires two-factor authentication and some really fairly well-layered security before Um, even setting up to be able to set it up. So while not perfectly comfortable, I'm fairly comfortable with it. Will I go farther with remote devices? Um, I'm not sure that a Nest um, or a Ring or a Blink or any of the online surveillance cameras and sounds, other than being useful if you want to hear whether a car is passing by your house, is really, really worth the trade-off of a potential hack on the provider of the service to you. I
1: know, again, with your job, you read the terms and conditions uh, of the, these companies uh, just as part of what you do. Do you read the terms and conditions of the garage door opener or, you know, app on your phone, whatever it is?
0: In, in large measure, you are forced to at least scroll down through an entire document these days, uh, you know, a well-constructed or a well-drafted or a well-architected Disclosure will make you, will force you to, to scroll through it. Um, as a lawyer, I can skim through it and I can see I can see what I want to what I really want to know about, and what I want to see are disclaimers. I want to see whether or not there is an arbitration clause, which pretty much robs a uh, an individual of their day in court and forces them into a tribunal that has very little judicial oversight other than enforcement. And, you know, typically uh, you'll always see a disclaimer of warranties, a disclaimer of um, there are certain legal terminology that, you know, uh, what we call a fitness for a particular purpose or merchant ability. Um, there'll be disclaimers as to any kind of injury or any kind of financial damage, financial loss you might have had. Uh, they're pretty standard at this point. In the end, um, they're, that doesn't mean that they'll stand up in court necessarily. But they will be very, 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 uh, typically very long. I think Apple's is like 20, 25 pages long.
1: And haven't they – most of them have have updated their terms of conditions with all this stuff that happened to Facebook last year. Is that correct?
0: Not necessarily. Oh. I'm seeing – no, no. There are many businesses that just won't do it because either they don't know, they don't think it applies to them, or they don't care. I mean there's varying degrees of what I call whistling past the cemetery – and saying, you know, hey, you know, it, it probably won't happen to me, and every day that it doesn't happen to me is a day I don't have to pay to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the case that I mentioned to you about the managed service provider is a it, – it's, it's an alarm bell because when you deal with cloud services, you're dealing with managed service providers. And if they, um, if they have any kind of vulnerability and they get hacked, you'll get hacked. Right. And that's where that's where the problem lies.
1: So they have a lot of data on us, obviously. They have a lot of data on us. A lot of this data is useless. Do you find that these companies are throwing that data out or just keeping it somewhere safe where if they need it later, they might come back to
0: it? Let's parse the statement. They're keeping it somewhere. Whether they keep it somewhere safe is, um, is, is another question. Right. Uh, you know, whether um, data is data is has has worth and the more data arguably that you can aggregate the more worthwhile your data set that compilation or aggregation of data is uh, you know to put it in 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 simple terms if you can find out about buying preferences within a certain geographic area uh, it may be only tissue paper but you'll know that perhaps you want to place more ads for tissue paper Um, In that particular demographic or if there's a certain type of usage or a preference or if if something changes where there isn't um, sufficient interest or sufficient purchasing or sufficient visiting of certain types of stores, then perhaps you'll you'll pair back on your advertising. Um, It's all about targeting targeting usage and the usage is determined by that digital proxy by that doppelganger by that digital ghost that you're creating over the over the period of your life as soon as you get online.
1: Okay, Stephen, I know that you've got some stuff for us on ransomware and some big things that have happened recently as far as ransomware. We're going to get to that in just a moment. First, we want to take a quick time out and hear from our partners at Captera that help make this podcast possible.
2: It's 2019, and technology has grown leaps and bounds since 1999. So why are you still using that old, outdated software? Find software that fits your business's needs using Capterra.com. I get asked all the time for different recommendations, and I refer people to Capterra.com. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software. Everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution, fast. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit Capterra.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Once again, that address is Capterra.com slash Kim. Let me spell it for you. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim.
1: We're here with Stephen Tepler. We've been talking about the Internet of Things and as far as uh, privacy, we've learned a lot. But Stephen, you told me that there's some new stuff going on with ransomware and specifically, I guess, how it's working. Go ahead and tell our listeners about that.
0: Well, there are a couple of developments recently that we have noted that are important enough to to talk about to to the general public. And one is, when we spoke about managed service providers in the last segment, and we talked about how if a managed service provider gets hit, you might get hit. Um, Here's a perfect example of that. Last week, a managed service provider, which provides remote login and support to its clients, was hit by a ransomware attack. All their information got locked away and couldn't be used. But what was an even better, a a bonus to the attackers was that they also had designed their ransomware to creep into every one of their clients. So there were 2,000 clients, meaning businesses, that were using this managed service provider's offering who were then hit with ransomware themselves. So this is where it gets interesting. So the ransom, the attacker's, demanded a ransom of 2.6 million in cryptocurrency from the MSP which is a very high amount mm-hmm. um, the question then becomes was were each one of the clients similarly given a ransom note and for how much and then the issue becomes from a legal perspective um, if if the if the managed service provider doesn't pay um, you know, what happens then? Does all the, uh, what happens to the clients? If the man even if the managed service provider pays, what about the clients who then have to pay? Who who can you sue? Who might go bankrupt? Um, and even if you wind up being able to, to pay and everybody pays and they go to their, ins- their insurers and say, well, I have cyber insurance and the cyber insurance is, um, has, you know, covers ransomware. You might find as as what's happening in a, in a uh, court in Illinois right now, in a case in Illinois, that the insurer is going to reject your claim. And why is the insurer going to reject your claim? Because very likely the ransom attacker could be um, could be labeled as a nation state, as a hostile government. And then they will invoke what's called an act of war provision, which permits them to escape having to pay for your ransomware wow. recovery costs. Wow! And so um, check your cyber insurance, folks, um, because we're doing that on behalf of clients that we do represent. And but this is something that that really has to be um, uh, has to be considered. The other item that's happening is that. When you get attacked by a ransomware attack, it may not be a single attack. You have to make sure that um, that you aren't attacked multiple times by the same attacker. Because if you do, you're going to have to pay multiple ransoms. And so, um, if you're you you have to look and see what kind of messaging appears when you do get ransomed in a network. Um, it's the IT guy or the IT person who rather who will have to determine that. But um, this also presents additional problems because unless you know where to look or how to look, um, you may only get part of your data back.
1: You were talking about cyber insurance. What I was thinking that you were going to say the reason that the insurance wouldn't pay is maybe the IT department wasn't doing a good job of keeping the uh, ransomware guys out. I'm sure that comes up sometimes. And then, can you talk a little bit more about cyber insurance and and how many businesses maybe have cyber insurance uh, uh, on the whole, or what kind of businesses would need that?
0: So, who who needs cyber insurance? If you have a computer, you, if you run a business, you have a computer, and you do anything online, whether or not you sell online, you probably need cyber insurance because if you get attacked, either by a um, either by way of a data breach, uh, where uh, somebody either either an attacker um, is able to exfiltrate all your customer information, or proprietary information, or your healthcare information, or your financial information out of your business. Um, you're going to have data breach costs, notification costs, and probably litigation that follows. If um, so, everybody pretty much who runs a business should have cyber insurance. I I don't write or get any profit from cyber insurance. So I have no financial interest in saying this. But it is important to have the um, the cyber insurance policies. You have to look at your cyber insurance policies. They will frequently re- frequently require that the insured pay up to a certain amount, such as you know a copay. You would almost call it. Um, some companies will self-insure if they're large enough because they don't care. Um, but you have to look at something like the Marriott data breach. which happened just recently or just got disclosed just recently, they are involved in a huge, huge, huge litigation involving more than 330 million potentially affected users. And then, um, you know, just think of the litigation costs that will ensue. The Yahoo breach, the attorneys alone are requesting, I think, $27 million for fees. So you can imagine that this can cost a huge amount of money. But cyber insurance... um, insurance companies offer it. You can talk to your broker, or talk to your insurance company. Um, it's not that expensive. One point that you mentioned, and that is, what are you required to do as the insured? You're taking out the insurance. Does that mean that you can, you know, try and visit the dark web or go and uh, download Bit uh, Torrents from dodgy websites? Right. And the answer is, uh, you know, the insurance companies are getting smarter. If you practice... Um, bad computer hygiene or you're considered negligent or grossly negligent uh, negligence might be covered gross negligence and stupidity uh, you might get a rejection on your claim and um, what we are looking at right now is um, what is what is commercially reasonable security you know what would someone in your position do for uh, implementing security and whether this means you have a uh, a, device, a mobile device management policy or a uh, internet usage policy or have someone come in and check your system to make sure that um, you have proper malware installed and updated and patch your operating systems and patch your um, applications, uh, you, may, you may fall afoul when it comes to uh, filing a claim for insurance.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been working for Kim for like 17 years, and I think that, that today is the first time I've even heard of cyber insurance and never thought about it. But it, uh, it seems like uh, for a business, that uh, you should probably look into it. And you said your regular insurer probably will will offer it. Is that right?
0: Either either offer it, or you'll you'll be able to find it. There are uh, quite a few major major insurance companies that do offer cyber insurance. Stephen Tepler,
1: cyber law expert, thank you so much for your time. How can people find out more about you or get a hold of you?
0: Well, um, easily enough, uh, my law firm email address is stepler, S-T-E-P-P-L-E-R, at lawfirm.ms, as in Michael and Sam. So stepler at lawfirm.ms. Thank you again. My pleasure.
1: Thanks for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. And if you did get value today, don't forget to share this important information with your family and friends. The tech world is growing exponentially, and it can be hard to keep up. And that's where the Commando On Demand podcast comes in. We want to keep you informed of what's going on out there like this ransomware and privacy hacks so you can spot them and protect yourself and your family. Make sure you subscribe to the Commando On Demand podcast so you don't miss an episode and just go to iTunes or Google Play and search K-O-M-A-N-D-O. For breaking news, security tips, and more of Kim Commando's trusted advice, go to Commando.com anytime. I'm Mike James. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.